Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Geeks Crossing. I'm Matt, and today we're tackling one of the most unique series of video games to come out of the last decade, Jackbox Games. It's been well over a year now since the official lockdown orders started falling into place, and there are still many people in lockdown to this day. To commemorate a year, although maybe commemorate isn't the right word, I decided it would be fun to talk about Jackbox Games. Jackbox Games is an interesting video game company that creates party games, which are typically released in a series of party packs. Each party pack contains a number of different games, which usually play uniquely and provide their own fun quirks. You can play them in person or stream them online, and they all involve phones or tablet interaction. That stuff is already a recipe for a successful product. For many of us, myself included, Jackbox games have been an explosive part of life in lockdown. Sure, I'd played a party pack or two with my family and friends before, so I was familiar with the brand, but I know for a fact that I've played far more Jackbox games in the past year than I'd ever played beforehand, and it's not even close. I'm far from the only one. It's reported by Jackbox Games itself that its sales increased by 1,000% between March and May of 2020, and over the course of 2020, the company gained 100 million consistent players, more than doubling its entire player base from 2019. Indeed, then, it seems like the perfect time to talk about Jackbox Games. But how? Well, I've done a, quite a few top 10 lists recently, and that would also limit me to only talking about the best. So instead, I've opted to take a page from Eric's handbook. Shout out to my boy, Eric. If you haven't seen them, he did a whole series ranking Kingdom Hearts worlds from worst to best in each game that they appear. We'll be doing something like that today, ranking every single Jackbox game from worst to best. There are a lot of games to go through, so don't expect my typical top 10 list format where I spend about five minutes going through each of my choices. We're playing fast and loose today. I should note that certain Jackbox games actually have sequels, but I'll combine them all as one series. For instance, I'll be lumping Trivia Murder Party from the Jackbox Party Pack 3 with Trivia Murder Party 2 from the Jackbox Party Pack 5 and ranking Trivia Murder Party as a whole. Life's going to be a lot easier that way. I really don't feel like going through the tiny differences between Quiplash XL and Quiplash 2, you feel me? So let's start at the bottom of the barrel and work our way towards the very best of these 29 slots. I'm unfortunately forced to disqualify three games right off the bat. I tried my very best to play every single game in Jackbox history before this episode, which wasn't very hard since I'd already played almost all of them casually, but I could not get to Word Spud, Lie Swatter, or Bombcore. I own the pack with Bombcore, but I didn't have time to get to it. And the former two, Word Spud and Lie Swatter, are a part of the first ever Jackbox Party Pack, which is the only pack I've never played and don't own. Besides, the two games have never been remade. So in reality, we're dealing with 26 slots. I'm sorry uh, for fans of Bombcore, Word Spud, and Lie Swatter. Ready to go? Number 26, Civic Doodle. I love to doodle. Heck, I'm even in the process of developing a webcomic. So definitely expect to see some drawing games make it pretty high up on this list. But Civic Doodle just falls so short for me. The idea is that you draw something, then someone draws on your drawing, then someone else draws on that drawing, and you go on until it's unrecognizable. <laughs> but, I don't know. Getting to see a featureless, multicolored blob at the end of each round... The consequences of everybody adding too much to the same drawing just really isn't entertaining. You might have some fun with this, and at the end of the day, I don't think I've ever played a Jackbox Party Pack game that irredeemably bad, but this super weak drawing game just doesn't cut it for me. Number 25, You Don't Know Jack. Before there were Jackbox Party Packs, 
the company made You Don't Know Jack as its own standalone game series. They're basically trivia games meant for large groups to play. I don't know, though. I found my outing into the world of You Don't Know Jack to be rather trite. It's just kind of mindless trivia, and it's also pretty unfair format. You Don't Know Jack Full Stream had a streaming service aesthetic that I kind of found fun, but the playstyle is so inconsistent. It goes on for far too long, and the game is pretty much decided by the final lightning round. I'm surprised since this series is where the Jackbox games gets its roots, but it seems that they've really gone above and beyond their original formula to make 24 much better types of games. Number 24, Zeepledome. Zeepledome is kind of interesting because it plays like a traditional video game. You and your friends play as little guys who jump around a sort of arena and blow up enemies without losing too many lives. It's a quirky little game and kind of a neat change of pace from the rest of the Jackbox Party Pack games. However, it is kind of weak compared to other Party Pack games, and it also can't be judged alongside other traditional video games since, let's face it, it's incredibly simplistic. So we'll leave it down here at number 24. Number 23, Push the Button. This game is super weird because it's kind of like bootleg Among Us before Among Us was popular. First off, Among Us released back in 2018, but it didn't get big until 2020. That said, it was still out a year by the time the Jackbox Party Pack 6 was released in 2019, containing Push the Button. In Push the Button, you and your friends are all on board a spaceship, and one or more of you is secretly an alien. The human players have to try and eject the aliens from the ship before they take over, while the alien players must try to divert attention. Players can push a button to call a sort of emergency meeting, sorry, couldn't help myself, to try and oust the aliens. Aliens can use sabotage, although they cannot outright kill players, as in Among Us. In addition, humans and aliens test their humanity by answering questions and comparing opinions. Aliens always get different prompts than humans, forcing them to try to explain themselves. I thought this game was a lot worse than I remember, especially after I got super bored of Among Us, but upon revisiting it, Push the Button isn't that bad, and it does differentiate from its very similar game in some unique ways. That said, it's never really my first pick. Number 22, Bidiots. Bidiots is another drawing game. It sees you and your friends each draw your own artwork, and then a fictitious auction takes place where you must purchase valuable artwork. It's fun enough, but whatever artwork is declared quote-unquote valuable is completely arbitrary. You could draw a stick figure, and that could be the piece that goes for the most money. Which, now that I think about it, may be commentary on those super simple paintings that sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars because of how quote-unquote deep they are. Either way, decent game, but not memorable or overwhelmingly entertaining. Number 21, Trivia Murder Party. For those Jackbox fans out there, hardcore or casual, this will probably come as a huge shock, since Trivia Murder Party is one of the best-known games in any of the Jackbox Party Packs. And indeed, it's definitely fun the first couple times you play, but the problem is the playstyle gets super grating. The idea is that you have to answer trivia questions, and if you get them wrong, you get tormented in some way. Like, for instance, you lose the ability to choose a certain answer choice for future questions, or you die. Whatever. That said, even if you die, it really doesn't matter, because dead players can come back to life during the game's lightning round finale. I must say, for all the times I've played Trivia Murder Party, very rarely does the person who actually made it to the lightning round, as the last one standing, actually win the game. It's usually just a dead player who came back to life. I do like the horror aesthetic, the creepy dolls, the disturbing music. It makes this trivia game much more entertaining than You Don't Know Jack. But Trivia Murder Party falls flat because the trivia is just so obscure. 
at least 75% of the time, you're just guessing. So your character dies, and then you kind of just sit around doing nothing until the lightning round. There are some mini-games that involve the dead players, which I can respect, but as a whole, Trivia Murder Party may as well be called Take a Wild Guest Murder Party. We're now entering the top 20, which I guess doesn't mean very much, because I'm only ranking 26 games, but my primate brain thinks that numbers ending in zero sound important, so... Yay! Number 20! Dictionarium! This game sees you and your friends come up with your own made-up words, then come up with made-up definitions and examples for these made-up words. It's a really creative and fun format that will lead to a lot of hilarious moments. I feel like this game goes super fast, and there's not necessarily a ton of variety. The whole game you're dealing with one word for the most part. Still, Dictionarium is an absolutely fun time. Number 19, Bracketeering! You take a bunch of characters and concepts and you put them in a bracket against each other, and you and your friends vote on which one deserves to win. A fairly fun and straightforward game, and I guess there's not really much to say other than that. Why so low then? Well, other games are more memorable, and one other game in particular does the concept of bracketeering far better in my opinion, but we'll get to that later. Number 18, Gespionage. A very random game. You have to try and guess percentages. For example, the exact percentage of people who are left-handed. Then, everyone has to guess if the original guesser was right, or if they were guessing too high or too low. You'll notice there's a lot of guessing, and that does kind of hold back the game for me. As fun as it is, everything is kind of random. Sure, sometimes you might have a rough idea of how many people rank the Beatles as a better band than Pink Floyd, for example, but a lot of times you'll be totally off-base just because, say it with me now, everything's random. Still, I definitely recommend trying this game out for yourself, because it can be fun. And at least in this game, guessing and randomness are a part of the fun, unlike in Trivia Murder Party, where it seems like an oversight. Number 17, Earwax. A game where you complete sentences with sounds. It's almost like Cards Against Humanity, or Evil Apples, or Apples to Apples, whatever you know it as. When you're given a sentence and each player has a variety of words and phrases they could put into that sentence to complete it, but in Earwax, instead of replacing this, filling this blank with words and phrases, you just get sounds. So it leads to some stupid yet funny moments like putting fart sounds at the end of a sentence about some guy complaining about a back pain. Extremely childish, of course, but a funny twist on the Cards Against Humanity formula that fans of that game should definitely play at some point. Number 16, Joke Boat. The premise here is that you and your friends are comedians on a cruise, and you each have to come up with a bunch of words that you'll later use to make jokes out of. Say your friend types the word pickle. You might get that as your setup. The thing about pickles is, and then you'll have to write a punchline. Later twists come when players have the ability to steal other people's setups and write new punchlines. All in all, a decently fun and creative game, if one that will result in incredibly cringy jokes. That's either a pro or a con, depending on who you are. Number 15, Monster Seeking Monster. So this one's pretty unique. Well, a lot of these games are, but Monster Seeking Monster is actually based on a dating app. Seriously. You pick a human-looking character as your avatar, come up with a fake name, and over the course of a week, you flirt with the other player's profiles. You get more points if the person you want to match with each night also chooses you to match with, and not someone else they may have been talking to that night. As the week goes on, each player will be unmasked for the creature that they secretly are. A vampire, a werewolf, a leprechaun, what have you. With interesting quirks depending on what you are. For example, uh, the character unmasked as the monster hunter would get extra points for matching with the same monster multiple nights in a row. 
Maybe this all sounds complicated, but the game really isn't. Monster Seeking Monster is slightly long, but it's a ton of fun to play with friends. Family? Eh, not so much. It's kind of awkward, no? Number 14, The Devils and the Details. This game sees you and your friends casted as members of a family of devils who are sent to Earth to behave like a human family. This game plays out like a family sitcom. Each of you do different tasks, many of which require you to work with at least one other person, racking up points all the while. However, each member of the family can also secretly do selfish tasks that don't help, and in fact hurt, the family's overall score. If nobody catches them doing this, they increase their own score, which can really help them win the game. So everyone in the family has to be on high alert for when people start acting selfishly. It's a really fun concept, and similar to Monster Seeking Monster, plays out over the course of a fictional week, with everyone getting updates on the score after each day. This helps players see who to watch out for in terms of selfish actions. I will say that this game is a bit on the longer side, and can get crazy. Plus, if you get away with a few selfish actions, you uh, more or less win the game outright. But that speaks more to the duty players have to keep an eye on each other. All in all, though, it's way more fun than I had been anticipating, and is definitely worth the play. Notice the pattern here? <laughs> Number 13, Split the Room. Split the Room tasks players with filling in a blank to a difficult decision and trying to split their peers. For example, the game might give you the scenario, you get a million dollars, but every day for the rest of your life, you have to blank. Would you do it? The idea is to come up with a word in that blank that makes the decision very difficult to make. The more even the split among people who would and wouldn't do it, the more points you get. It's a fairly simple concept, definitely a lot simpler than Monster Seeking Monster and the Devils in the Details, but I have a lot of fun with Split the Room. It really challenges you to think of fun ways to mess with your friends. Number 12, Madverse City. This is uh, probably one of the most straightforward ones on this list. It's basically just a rap battle game where you go head-to-head -head with one of your peers and the others judge who did a better job of rhyming and dissing each other. Again, very simple, but I'd be lying if I said you couldn't get some crazy and hilarious verses. I will say the way this game works, if you play with an odd number of people, it sticks you with a CPU, so you may want to reconsider if you're a group of five, but there's 11 better games on this list, in my opinion. And I suppose the CPU really isn't the end of the world, so either way, this game's definitely worth a look. Number 11, Drawful. This is one of the most simple, straightforward, and yet still creative drawing games to come out of Jackbox Games. You're given a word or phrase and have to draw a depiction of it. Then your peers have to guess the word or phrase that you've come up with. Again, nothing wild, but I can tell you from experience that this game's simplicity results in a long time that you can spend endlessly doodling, guessing, and laughing. This game is actually sold separately, so if none of these other party packs intrigue you, I'd say definitely give Drawful a look. If you're a Jackbox games lover and you haven't heard your favorite game yet, then it means I probably consider it one of my all-time favorites, because we are now moving forward to the top 10 Jackbox party pack games. I'd say I'm a little more in my element since I've done top 10 stuff before, but this ranking is sort of like a top 10 list with 16 honorable mentions. And let's be honest, if you listen to any of my top 10s, I usually have like 16 honorable mentions, so we're not in uncharted territory here. Jokes aside, my number 10 pick is Blather Round. The game has you pick a person, word, phrase, movie, or book, and then it gives you super generic words to describe it. Your peers then have to use your clues to try and figure out what your person, word, movie, phrase, whatever it was. Helpfully, however, you can build off your friend's guesses. For instance, if my person was Elvis Presley, I could maybe form the sentence, he is a musical person. Then, once my friend starts guessing people, and hypothetically one of them guesses 
I don't know, Cardi B, I could form the sentence, he's nothing like Cardi B. That would help my friends narrow it down. You get a limited time for your friends to guess, and sometimes it can be close to impossible to get them to figure it out. But all in all, you'll ultimately have a really fun time with this one. Number nine, Talking Points. Talking Points is a game about PowerPoint presentations. I'm serious. Each player gets to choose a topic, created by your friends, of course, to talk about in a quote-unquote presentation. One of your friends will be automatically assigned to choose pictures and phrases to appear on the screen while you talk, literally creating the presentation as you scramble to make it relevant. If you and the person picking the slides do a good job, you'll both get points. Everyone gets a turn to both present and to play around with the slides while someone else presents. You even get to come up with your own awards at the end, which can really impact the overall score. But interestingly, I always find this game to typically end up rather close, much less of a landslide than some of the other games, which I find to be a pro, since I think it's a lot more fun when it's not immediately clear it'll be a blowout. Number 8. Faking It Similar to Push the Button, but in a format I find way more enjoyable and creative, you and your friends sit in a circle, and each round, someone is automatically chosen to be the faker. There's three prompts per round, and everyone gets a prompt set to their device. Except the faker, who's simply told to blend in. Let's go through another example, right? Let's say everyone but the faker gets the, sent the prompt, point at the person you think would be most likely to go to jail. After a brief countdown, everyone points, and the faker will have to quickly point at someone too, despite not knowing what the prompt was. If he points with everybody else and no one sees him stall, maybe people won't catch on. But if he points at the super nice quiet girl, he'll look like he had no idea what the question was and will have to frantically explain himself. Uh, I meant, you know, because she's the last person you'd expect to go to jail, so it might be her. Uh, hypothetical, right? People can be incorrectly identified as the faker, but unlike in Push the Button, this doesn't mean you're out for the game or anything. It just gives the faker more points for evading capture. There's all sorts of different playstyles, including pointing at other people, holding up fingers for the amount of time you've done things, and even making faces for your reactions to things, which I can tell you from experience does not go so well when everyone just starts trying to make silly faces. And this is probably one of the very few Jackbox games that you really can't play virtually, and I get that that's a major part of the appeal of these games, so perhaps Faking It loses some points for that for a few people, but I find it super fun and entertaining, and hopefully you and your friends will too. Number 7. Fibbage. You go through different topics and are given a super obscure random fun fact. For instance, finish Kanye West's tweet. I've never had to blank more than I do right now. Then, you and your friends each write a word you think could feasibly fill that blank. The game then shows you a list of answers. Your friends fake ones, and one that's right. The goal is for you to pick out the correct answer, and not fall for your friends' fake ones, while hoping that your friends get fooled by your fake one. This is fun enough, if a bit of a guessing game sometimes, but Fibbage 3 also includes a Fibbage Enough About You, which quizzes you on fun facts about your friends who are playing with you. I find this a delightful new twist, and one that cements Fibbage as an entertaining, creative, and all-around fun experience. Number 6. Patently Stupid A game somewhat similar in concept to Talking Points, Instead of doing stereotypical PowerPoint presentations, though, in Patently Stupid, you present invention ideas. You're given a problem that needs to be solved. For example, I have trouble with blank in the morning, where blank is a word or phrase written by another player, usually something really stupid. And you have to draw an invention to solve this problem. You also get to name it and give it a catchy tagline. Then you present it to the rest of your friends. At the end of the presentations, everyone chooses which inventions they believe should be funded and whoever has the most funding at the end wins. 
now that I think about it, not only is patently stupid similar to talking points, it's also like bidiots, but way better. Instead of betting on random doodles with randomly predetermined values, you yourself get to make the valuable stuff valuable. Alrighty, here we are. Final five. These five games are my all-time favorite Jackbox Party Pack games, and it was incredibly hard to rank them. But ranking them is what I had to do. Let's start with number five. Survive the Internet. The joke behind this game is you're embarrassing your friends on the internet. Basically, let's say your friend gets a prompt. How do you feel about dogs? Your friend responds, they're cute. But then, you get the answer, they're cute, without the context. And, depending on the round, you have to twist their words by making it a response to a news headline, a YouTube comment, an Amazon review. Let's say it's a news headline. Maybe you'd write, ISIS membership on the rise. This would appear on the screen as though your friend responded to this horrible headline with, they're cute. And after all of the embarrassing twists are shown, everyone votes on which is the funniest. And you'd hope they'd vote that your friend calling terrorists cute would be the most embarrassing. It's kind of difficult to explain if that didn't make sense to you, but once you play around, you get the hand of it pretty quickly. I will say, there's a game that's similar to Survive the Internet that I enjoy just a bit more, but we'll get to that when we get to that. For now, just know that Survive the Internet is a really entertaining game about making your friends look like jerks. Number four, role models. According to the narrator of role models, every group has certain constants. The square, the party animal, the introvert, etc. So the game gives you a bunch of different groups, whether they be cliche horror movie characters or Sesame Street puppets and everything in between, and asks you and your friends to assign each other to these different roles. If your vote ends up being the majority, if everyone agrees that that one friend of yours is totally Big Bird, then you get points. If you vote against the grain, if you thought he was definitely Cookie Monster, and everyone else voted Big Bird, tough luck. If there are ties or inaccuracies, for example, if your friends vote you as the slacker one round and the hardworking character the next, they're sorted out in shorter, independent rounds. And then whoever has the most points at the end of it all wins. It's a fun, interesting game, kind of a quirky way for your own friends and families to have fun with this stereotypical idea of labels. Number three, TKO. This game is honestly such a blast. Each round, players draw two doodles and come up with as many random words or phrases as they want in a short span of time. Then, every player can choose between three of these random doodles and four or five of these random words or phrases and combine them into a t-shirt design using one doodle and one word or phrase. These t-shirts then go head-to-head -head as players vote for which they like better in a bracket-style tournament. Some of my heartiest gut laughter has come from TKO, from seeing the absolute ridiculous designs <laughs> pop up on screen. The best part is you can actually buy the t-shirts when you're done with the game. I'm dead serious. It's a great way to get novelty t-shirts of stupid inside joke with your friends. Oh, okay, an idea just came to me. You and your friends make a t-shirt in TKO that you particularly really love, and it's at least decent enough to wear in public. You all buy it. You go to an amusement park or a museum or something like that. You walk around in the matching t-shirts to keep track of each other, like you're one of those summer camps. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Okay, okay, but seriously, for how many laughs this game has given me, and for its super creative and bizarre concept, I can't fathom putting TKO any lower than number three. Number two, Quiplash. This may be the most iconic Jackbox Party Pack game, other than maybe Fibbage. Or I suppose you don't know Jack. 
funny. You Don't Know Jack was the second to last game on this list. And Quiplash is the second best. At least in my opinion. Anyway, Quiplash is a game about quips. You get a question or a statement and you have to answer or fill in the blanks with the stupidest, silliest quip you can imagine. And everyone votes on which answer is funnier. This is without a doubt the best game on this list to combine easy accessibility, straightforward gameplay, and hilarious results. Making it absolutely perfect for Jackbox newcomers and veterans alike. It is also probably the game that has made me laugh the second hardest, only after TKO. However, even though Quiplash is a fantastic icon for the Jackbox Party Pack series, and I almost chose it as the top spot for this list, in the end, there's one other game that takes the cake for me. Number one, Champed Up. This game takes the formula for TKO, mixes a little bit of bracketeering, and runs with it. Champed Up is a tournament, quote-unquote, wrestling arena, where you and your friends draw the fighter. You're given a category, word, or phrase for your fighter to be the champion of. For instance, let's say the champion of Mondays, and then you draw a character that would be the champion of that thing. In this instance, the champion of Mondays, I would have to draw anti-Garfield. But right after everyone's done, their drawings are sent to the other players without context. Another player is just going to see anti-Garfield on their phone or tablet with his design, his name, but not his category, <laughs> not the reason why I drew him. They're going to have to think about what he could be the champion of. Then that player will draw their own character they feel could be of this category. Again, they don't know that it was originally the champion of Mondays. Then the matchups are pinned against each other, and the players vote for who they believe is the better champion of whatever thing was given. In later rounds, you could tag your older characters in. So if a later challenge changes to a battle for the champion of being athletic, I could once again swap anti-Garfield into the ring if I felt he fit that title better than whatever character had been drawn since. Whoever wins the most rounds gets the most points and wins the whole game. I'll admit, Champed Up may not be as accessible as Quiplash, just because if you're not a fan of drawing, you may not like it as much. But ultimately, I find Champed Up to be just a bit more fun if it loses some points for being a little bit advanced. Still, it was a tough race, and I actually do enjoy playing most Jackbox games, at least once we get up to the top 20. But in the end, the champion of Matt's Jackbox Party Pack game ranking has to be Champed Up. If you haven't played any games in the Jackbox Games Party Pack, I highly recommend it. The Jackbox Party Pack 8 will probably be released later this year. They typically do an annual party pack, which could make this list irrelevant before you know it. Maybe I'll do an update episode one day, adding in future games. But if you're new to the series, the newest party pack, the Jackbox Party Pack 7, is probably one of the best places to start, seeing as it's got Quiplash 3 and Champed Up, as well as a host of other enjoyable games. If you have played Jackbox games before, which are your favorites? Did I do any of them super dirty? I'm, I'm sure I've got some trivia murder party fans out there who would like to see me tortured in a haunted mansion after ranking those games so low. But do you agree or disagree with any of my other choices? Let me know in the Discord. Link is in the description of this episode, as always. Follow us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing, and continue to support us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasting needs. I'm Matt, and I don't know Jack.